And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Friday. Casey Gisclair and Coach Brian Colley here. We've got so much to talk with you all about until 1 o'clock today. We uh, hope to color inside of the lines throughout the course of the show. We've struggled with that in the early stages of the show. As my guy Brian's writing on the desk here. It was white. I thought it was the paper. We're struggling in the early stages here. Um, But anyway got a big breaking news message for everybody to start off the show. It's game day in Southeast Louisiana. We got a Friday full of games here in our area. Brock Mathern, we love you. I love you. Brian loves you. The Tarpon fans don't love you very much after some things that you said last year. You're coming down the bayou to take on South Lafouche tonight. It's going to be a big game, a big environment at Memorial Stadium, South Lafouche and St. Louis. We cannot wait to see how the Tarpons take on the St. Louis Saints. Hopefully the St. Louis Saints play as poorly as the New Orleans Saints did last night. Hopefully they get the same result that the New Orleans Saints got last night. But it's game day in southeast Louisiana. Can the Terrebonne Tigers go on the road and beat a River Parish opponent? We'll find out tonight. They're taking on East St. John. Can Berwick... No, no, Berwick's not beating E.D. White. Sorry. Uh, Never mind. On to the next game. Can Thibodeau and Central Lafouche be a close game tonight? I don't know. It's a Parish rivalry. The Tigers are probably favored, but anything could happen in District 7-5A. You got Hanville and HL Bourgeois. You got Gavin Duga coming back to home of Christian school. They're fired up about that, taking on Jefferson Rice Charter. You got CCA taking on Ascension Catholic in a matchup that will have athletes all over the field. Central Catholic and Hanson Memorial, athletes all over the field. It's game day. We are fired up up in southeast louisiana brian whoo let's roll week eight already here yeah amazing quick how time flies south lafouche will be taking on st louis today in a big game big playoff implications big opportunity for the tarpons to earn a bunch of power points um i'm gonna ask you this at 650 Uh, But for those of you who are going to be in attendance and who won't be able to hear it at 650, what are some things that South Lafouche has to do well tonight to beat St. Louis? I think, first of all, they're going to have to play a a clean game where no pre-snap penalties, you can't hurt yourself, establish the run, protect uh, Ogeron, let him throw the football when it's time to throw the football. And on defense, I think you're gonna you got to stop the run on defense, and the Tarpons have been doing a great job of that pretty much all year, except like the assumption game. But uh, for the most part, they've been playing well up front, and they're gonna have to stop the run. St. Louis will come in not really a passing team. They like to they want to try and establish the run first. And you mentioned it earlier, special teams. You have to win the battle with special teams tonight, and win the, the field position battle also. That's, that's going to be huge. Yep, I agree with all of those points. Um, I think it's going to be a fun one. I think South Lafouche, to add to what you said, I think they need to get off their strong start, maybe punch one in early, uh, play from ahead of the scoreboard. Um, St. Louis is going to, based on, I haven't seen much tape, but based on what you have told me, they're going to do some of the unbalanced formations and different things like that. The Tarpons are going to have to be more quick to adjust to those types of things, uh, tackle in the open field. Um, 
It should be a fun showcase. Look, if you want to make the playoffs, you're going to see teams like this and better. Um, so you got one at home, and you have an opportunity to really improve your positioning. This is one of the biggest games of B.J. Young's career at South Lafouche to this point. There's no other way around it. It's a big night tonight for the Tarpons. Yeah, look, uh, playoffs down the road, you can still lose this game, and playoffs still a possibility, but – if you go ahead and take care of business and win this game you here, grab it by the throat. I think you're in, uh, regardless of what happens. Well, still, I mean, Ellender, that that's you have to win that one. Then uh, last game doesn't really matter, but hell, you win the next two, uh, you can have confidence going into that last game. Be one heck of a game at home. Let's thank our sponsors, by the way. Let's thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff, and Dufresne Building Materials. Experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. We thank them all so much for their support. Tonight, and I didn't even mention it whenever I was yelling and screaming like a lunatic in the first part of the show, um, we've got a district championship kind of sort of matchup and it's not going to be 100% a district championship game because Assumption still has to play Vanderbilt um, but you got Lutcher and Assumption and the winner of that game is going to be the only undefeated team in 7-4-A so far Lutcher is at home we've seen both teams Lutcher blew out South Lafouche Assumption and South Lafouche was close that would lead you to believe that you would favor Lutcher in the game but Assumption does some things that are very difficult to stop. That big power run game with Jacobs and Turner. And can they go on the road to the river and make that a close game tonight, do you think? I think they can. If they can move the ball on offense, I think their defense can possibly slow Lutcher down enough. Well, I think they can make it a game tonight. I tend to be with you. I would certainly favor Lutcher if you were asking me, well, you know, what side am I betting the mortgage on? I would I would go with the Bulldogs, but I do I think you're right. I think that the Lutcher offense is probably not going to run wild here tonight, and I think that Assumption can maybe punch in enough of them to to make that one a very interesting game. Uh Assumption's in a great spot. Division 2 non-select, they're like number 6 in the state right now. If they win that one, I mean, they're going to be one of the top teams going into the playoffs. So we don't give enough love and attention to them, and we don't give enough credit to Coach Will Broussard and the job that he's doing year two there. They missed the playoffs barely last year. This year, there's going to be no doubt. They're going to be in, and they're going to probably be at home in the opening round. Kudos to Will, man. They've done a, a wonderful job there this year. And you know what was crazy is in the preseason, we're saying, oh, they lost their scrimmage to Central Lafouche. Oh, they lost their jamboree. We were kind of saying they would be down. No, they're not down. They were just saving for, you know, their, their bright spots for the right time, and the Mustangs have had one heck of a season so far. Yeah, when you look back at it, against Century, they had some guys that were out that did not play. And look, if, if they can – and they have the luxury right now, a lot of teams do week eight where you can look at a lot of film and you can see, well, this is how, like, Hornville slowed Lutcher down, or this is what they did. And kind of steal some things from those games, and it helps you out. And but with that having been said, and I agree with you 100. percent But doesn't it also work the same way as Lutcher could say, "Well, hey, South Lafouche ran the ball for 400 yards on these guys. This is how." Like it kind of works both ways, yeah, doesn't it? It does, but it still it can give you an advantage if you can kind of out what Coach Young tries to do in offense, out scheme the defense, sure. and. Uh, 
put your kids in a, a good situation to have success. And I think that can help the Mustangs out tonight, just looking at different things that teams did to Lutcher. And if you have better athletes doing it than some teams, that helps also. Bro, that's a big, 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 big playoff game um, there. And I say playoff game, playoff implications game. Lutcher, excuse me, is number one in Division Two non-select. Assumption's number five. Um, the winner of that one's going to be sitting really pretty. The loser of that one's probably not going to drop a whole lot. Uh, but the winner of that one's going to be sitting really pretty. So we'll be following that one. Then the other big million-dollar question tonight is, can the Terrebonne Tigers beat East St. John? They are going on the road. East St. John is 7-0. and East St. John has not had the impressive wins that Destrehan has had, right? They beat Hon- East St. John beat Honville by five. Destrehan beat them by 36, right? So it looks like Destrehan is a better team on paper than East St. John is. Last week, Destrehan beat Terrebonne 38-7. to I don't expect to see 38-7. I think this is going to be a four-quarter, more competitive game that Terrebonne is going to have a better chance in. And look, here's the thing. East St. John, you would think 7-0, and uh, sitting in a wonderful spot. Kind of, sort of, not really. They're 12th right now. They end with Terrebonne, Destrehan, and Holy Cross. If they don't win tonight, they're going to enter the playoffs probably having lose, lost three in a row, probably not being in, at home in the opening round. Both teams have a lot to play for. Terrebonne sitting at 23. They're trying to stay in the top 28. Big, big game for Tyler Lewis and his team tonight, man. That's That's one that... If they want to make the postseason, uh, if they get that one, they would really kind of grab it by the throat and have a, a stranglehold in that top twenty-eight. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize their brutal schedule to uh, finish off the year. But look, tonight, if Terrebonne can, they're going to have to keep pace with East St. John scoring. East St. John can put up a good bunch uh, points in bunches, and they're going to have to keep up scoring and, and somehow try and slow that. Uh, Offense down for me, St. John. Take a guess, and, and you may or may not know the answer to this. Take a guess of what which team has held East St. John to the fewest points this year. Uh, I don't know, but I, I this is a, a guess because I think wasn't it close in the first half with uh, Bourgeois? As your winner. H.L. Bourgeois held them to 31, the only team to hold yeah. them under 40 this season. They beat them 31 to nothing. So maybe Terrebonne could find some of that magic. Maybe they could uh, keep it close. That would be a big opportunity for Tyler Lewis and his team if they could go on the road and steal one there. You got Thibodeau and Central Lafouche. Must win for Thibodeau tonight if they want to make the postseason. You got Hanville and Bourgeois must win for Hanville if they want to make the postseason. I don't think Hanville's going to be able to get in, though. They got Bourgeois this week. They got Central next week. Even if you win them, you're not getting any points from those games. Uh, so it'll be awfully tough for Hanville. Um, this is where you really start diving into some of these numbers and seeing how you shake out. Like week eight, it's starting to get critical. We had some scores last night. And by the way, just kind of a rundown. We got Chandler Guitros in the next segment. We got Damian St. Pierre at 12 15. We'll talk some Saints at noon. I'm sure we'll talk some Saints with Damien as well. But last night in the state, Captain Shreve defeats Southwood 42-6. Shalmet gets a big, 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 big win over John Eric, 21-12. That was a huge one that, for Shalmet That's a team night. the Tarpons potentially could match up with. Yeah, big win for Shalmet last night over John Eric. Um, Let's see. We also had Booker T. Washington of Shreveport fall to Northwood of Shreveport 35-8. to 
De La Salle gets a 51-14 win over Riverdale. Salmon defeats Franklinton 34-20. Uh, McDonough 35 defeats Carver via a forfeit. Uh, Carver's not playing anymore this year. Crowley gets a 45-28 win over Livonia. Riverside gets a 27-12 win over Landry. Um, let's see. We've got uh, Rain defeating Washington Marion 43 to nothing. Um, Marksville defeats Bolton 56 to nothing. Church Point 40, Ville Platte 8. Uh, Jennings 49, Westlake 8. Pine defeats Jules Sumner 28 to 13. They had a good feature on Pine last week on Friday Night Football. Our friends at WDSU does, uh, WDSO, I, I don't, Channel 26. I don't know what the damn call letters are. But they had a good feature on Pine this past week. Um, and, yeah, they get another win last night, 28-13. to 13. Uh, Let's see. Baker defeats Capital 19-8. to 8. Catholic of New Iberia defeats Franklin 49-12. to 12. Notre Dame gets a 42-3 to 3 win over to Quincy last night. Um, so Mane gets a 38-6 to 6 win over Jonesboro Hodge. St. Charles Catholic 50, MLK Charter 6. Uh, I think that about wraps it up. Let's see if there's any. Central Private defeats Strive Academy 36-28. to 28. Delta Charter defeats Dale High 34 to nothing. And that is your Louisiana scoreboard from the action last night. Casey, I'm looking at the Powell rankings right now. South of still at 24. Uh, I'm going to be very curious tomorrow morning to see uh, Washita Parish, Barb, Terrebonne. I mean, that's all close to the Tarpons right now. From I mean, it can be 24 to 27. It, it's real jumped, uh, bundled up there. Tarpons got to get some schedule points. If you are a South Lafouche fan, you're obviously rooting for the Tarpons to win. You're rooting for, write this down, you're rooting for Wachita Parish, Barb, Hammond, North Shore, Mandeville, Covington, Denham Springs, Benton, and Hanville to lose. You're wanting, and look, you don't need every one of them to lose every week, but by and large, you want those teams to kind of limp home here down the finish line. And then, of course, you're rooting for St. Edmund to win. You're rooting for Central Lafouche to win. You're rooting for Thibodeau to win. You're rooting for St. Louis after you're finished playing them to continue to win. Uh, you need your schedule points to uh, to do good for you. Yeah, and Washington Parish has West Monroe, who's 6-1 and one tonight. That's an L. Then they got Rustin, who's 7-0. and oh. That's an L. <laughs> then they can finish with Pineville's two and five. So that's a pretty good one. Barb, uh, you know, look at them. Barb is closing out with Lafayette, Como, and Acadiana. Uh, they might get some wins there. So it's going to come down to the to the bitter end. We're going to be still looking at these numbers here as we go through the rest of the season. But let's catch a break when we get back. We'll go to Chandler Gitros. I'm sure Chandler's excited. Uh, the Tarpon freshman slash JV team did not beat E.D. White. Boy, they played pretty well against C.D. White. We'll ask him about that. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this quick commercial timeout. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. 
We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on this Friday. We go to the phone lines. It's Friday at 1145. Well, we're a little bit after 1145, but that's okay because it's time to go to Coach Chandler Guitros, the South Lafouche High School head baseball coach and assistant football coach who's on the line now. Coach, good morning, buddy. How are we doing today? Hey, Casey and Coach. How y'all doing? Good, dude. Good, good. Good. Um, saw your team play for a half on Wednesday. Um and I got to tell you, it looked pretty good. You guys were moving the football. The Shepherd kid was running hard. You guys were throwing the ball pretty well. Uh, E.D. White was moving it on you, too. But, look, to be fair, you know, in freshman JV, you guys don't spend a week of prep for the triple option. So they were kind of fooling you guys a little bit, and that's understandable. But by and large, I was really impressed with the athleticism. I was really pleased with the way you guys were playing in the line of scrimmage. And even though it's a 38-32 to defeat, uh, I thought the Tarpons got better on Wednesday, man. Yeah, look, I thought we did, too, and that, that's the big thing that we've been stressing since uh, that uh, game we had against Letcher where I felt that we really didn't compete very well, kind of got on them. Had a couple of great showings uh, coming out of that, man. Really, a uh, really good job. And like you said, that triple option, whenever we, uh, you know, kind of had those down years uh, a few years ago whenever we were on a triple option and we were struggling at the varsity level on offense, JV and freshman level, we looked great. We were moving the ball over everybody just because people don't prepare for that, so... Our defense played hard. It's just you get caught out of gaps and uh, just certain things they outman you. That's, uh, that's the thing with that offense. When you don't scout it, it's going to beat you, and they run it well. Uh, but uh, credit to our offense. We ran our base stuff, uh, you know, uh, really ran uh, power lead and uh, zone up and down the field at will with them. Our offensive line did a great job moving them around. And uh, Kentrell Shepard had a very special day carrying, and he's getting better and better, a lot more confident as the season goes on. And Look, that's going to be a guy that would be hard to uh, – keep the ball out of his hands a lot next year. I think he's going to be a special one. Look, man, just kind of in my head going through the depth chart, obviously Meathead is the 10th grader, and 
you know, Landon Jarvis is a 10th grader, and they're both really solid running backs. You add Shepard into that, like, BJ's got some toys in the toy box, bro. I'm sure he's lighting up knowing, hey, man, I got some weapons, and I got some weapons who are going to be here for a while. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, we got some very good backs, and uh, really the, the thing that I'm so impressed with is how we're executing. I'm, I'm not going to get into too much of what, uh, you know, scheme-wise what we're doing on radio, but <coughs> how well we're executing as far as the blocking scheme with the offensive line and the way that our backs are reading the different run plays, the different tracks that they have to be on for that, uh, how they're cutting, when to stay patient, uh, all that good stuff. It's really been, uh, you know, growing at all levels, varsity through JV, and it's been special to watch. And uh, like you said, it's only going to get better from here. Man, uh, to play a close, hard-fought game against an EDY team that obviously they got a great pedigree and, you know, those kids are used to winning and know how to win. Sure, it had to be a little bit of a confidence boost, right? I know that you guys would have loved to finish on the right end of the scoreboard, but I, if I had to guess, there probably weren't too many heads that were hanging at the end of that one, huh? Oh, absolutely not. Look, if we manage the clock a little bit better at the end of the first half, we probably have the lead going into halftime and, uh, you know, put them away in the second half, which uh, if, if we just keep pace there, we do win the game on the scoreboard. But like you said, it was a lot to be proud of. Kids were, uh, you know, you know, upset as you, you know, we are, we're all competing to win a game. But, uh, you know, there wasn't no head hanging at all, like you said. And uh, those guys had a lot of energy come back to practice yesterday. Uh, I thought it was a very big character uh, building thing because E.D. White is that program now locally. You know, that's who uh, everybody's kind of trying to measure with. And to see our guys perform like that was really great. And uh, definitely could be something good for them moving forward. Who do you guys have next, brother? Uh, we're going to uh, – Ellender does not – or is not bringing a, a JV freshman team. So we're going to be playing Hauntville at home at 5 or uh, probably going to go 6 o'clock next Wednesday. I think we're going to adjust that schedule with no freshman game. Uh, it's going to be a JV freshman combined game next Wednesday, either at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. Okay, sounds like a winner, dude. On the varsity front, um, St. Louis is coming in. They're playing some really good ball. They've got um, you know a 6-1 and one record. Brian and I were talking. Uh, one of the biggest games of BJ's tenure tonight, man, a chance to really earn a bunch of power points, a chance to really kind of solidify yourself in that top 28 against a really quality opponent that's making a long road trip to get here. Um, I'm sure the boys are excited. I'm sure the staff's excited. It's a big opportunity for Big Blue tonight, isn't it? For sure it is. And, uh, you know, you only get so many of these opportunities over the course of a year. You know, you feel like we dropped a couple of them uh, that we, you know, had a chance that we win the game against Assumption and Thibodeau. Uh, this is one you got to have if you want to get to where you want to go. So our kids are definitely excited uh, for the opportunity. Should be a great atmosphere, getting that, uh, that fall weather kind of back. And, uh, you know, everything's still laid out in front of you all your goals can still be achieved uh but today's a big one in getting there tarpon baseball every friday that we have you on we're one friday closer to you know january whenever you guys are maybe doing some winter ball a lot of kids as we talked about last friday are maybe playing some fall ball um maybe getting some individual work throwing program what are things looking like for tarpon baseball man yeah, look, I know we're getting close. I had about a 35 dozen of baseballs got delivered to my room yesterday. I spent some time today uploading our schedule. Uh, now that it's open on the LHSA side and max preps, all that good stuff. So, uh, look, we're getting closer, man. We're getting closer every uh, every day. And uh, kids are working hard. We're doing a, a, a strength building in the afternoon with Coach Trasso and Coach uh, Angelette. Um, and some uh, long toss throwing program type stuff. We're going to start hitting here in the next week or two. And, uh, you know, really started actually with our tryout sometime in November. Now that we're allowed to do it, we're going to try out sometime in November, kind of uh, give the football kids a, a week or two to rest. Uh, 
and we'll, we'll go from there, man. We're getting close. So uh, exciting times. The kids are pumped up, and we're getting a lot of good reports from their followers and their coaches there. 35 dozen baseballs, bro. That must have cost you, what, a million bucks? 1.5 million? <laughs> uh, I was more in the 500 carrying. Uh, hey, you got to have it, man. You got to have it. No doubt, dude. Look, before we let you go, um, Ellis, you played really well last week against Auburn. Uh, it was good to see that defense get some stops, force some turnovers, get some pressure up front. Defensive line's playing better with Pete Jenkins. Don't anticipate any drama with Ormy tomorrow, and then you may be heading to the bye week. And look, Brian and I have been talking about it, and I know you listen to the show, so you probably have been hearing it. Like, I really think there's a very real possibility that this team might win the rest of their games if they keep getting better. Like, you could finally sort of see that light at the end of the tunnel now. Absolutely. And, you know, people could always spin. Uh, Auburn went very good offensively. And don't get a false sense of security. The defense looks good against Army. Any success but it's, yes. it's success. You know, anything that they could build off of and uh, carry going forward. Uh, but, no, you're absolutely right. If you get through Bama, you look at the remaining schedule, you know, Florida uh, and uh, – I think it's a Georgia State or somebody like that, uh, a, a directional school. And then you got Texas A&M, who looks like they're on the verge of imploding. So, uh, yeah, they, they absolutely can run the table. And then all things are off. You don't know uh, you don't know what kind of sanctions might come down with a Michigan that might knock them out or, or anything like that. You, you know, they got a lot of football left in the next two months to be played, and it's going to be very exciting. Dude, uh, I was watching a little bit of fall ball footage of LSU. Um Man, what's the guy's name? The uh, the guy who got drafted late. He's a freshman, uh, left-handed pitcher. Maybe it Cam Johnson, I believe the name is. Yes. Oh, my God. That is a guy that is going to be special. LSU got pretty much most of their high school signees on campus. We like to talk about the portal here, but can't forget about the bread and butter, which is those high school kids. Cam Johnson has me jacked up, throwing in the upper 90s. The breaking pitch is moving all over the place. LSU baseball is still going to be loaded, brother. For sure, man. And uh, baseball is a sport, I think, even more so than football, that you could really transform a roster with a recruiting class and a transfer portal class and putting it together like that. It's uh, it's not like you're coming in and learning a new scheme like you are in football. Or that kind of, you go and play baseball, you know, what you've been doing your whole life. You look at a guy like Tommy White who, uh, you know, inserted him into the lineup right away. A lot of LSU fans didn't know who he was, and he becomes a superstar. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. I, I'm excited for this team, man. One guy I'm so pumped to watch is Paxton Kling. I think that guy has All-American potential, and uh, it's going to be a fun, fun spring for LSU. No doubt, brother. We thank you so much for the time, as always, and we'll see you tonight, partner. All right, man. We'll see you all out there. Yep. There's Coach Chandler Guitro is doing a good job, as always. It's crazy, man. They're about to do tryouts, and like it, it feels like it's so far away, but it's not. It's October the 20th, man. It's not that far away. Um Tarpon Baseball will be in a good position, I think, returning a lot of key pieces. If they could find uh, some depth on the mound, I think they'll be just A-OK. And over the summer, pitching wasn't a problem. Uh, They were throwing strikes. They were locating, letting the batters get themselves out. Uh, Should be another fun year for them. Yeah, look, basketball scrimmages, probably next week you might have some. Jamborees coming up real soon. First week of November, uh, Lafouche Parish Jamboree. It's uh, moving on quick. No doubt. Let's catch a break. Oh, man, I got to sneeze. Let's catch a break before I sneeze. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 
While inventory <laughs> is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, specializes in portable fire extinguisher sales, inspection, and service. They provide tests of CO2 fire suppression, NOVEC systems, fire detection systems, water mist systems, and safety relief valves on marine vessels. Conveniently located minutes away from Port Fouchon, our service technicians have a dependable reputation by outstanding service to the marine industry. Stop by Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, 14626 West Main Street, Cutoff, or call 985-632-7233. I'm like the water when you sip, roll in that night. Where's Travis Kelsey, man? We're playing Taylor Swift. Yeah. You're not a big fan. I, I've gathered from just the body language when I bring it up that you're not a big fan of, of what's going on in Kansas City right now. No, man. Who cares? <clears throat> Why does it got to be national news and stop showing her the freaking games? And <laughs> I mean, they, 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 I love Taylor Swift. Wouldn't you rather see a gorgeous blonde in between plays instead of a bunch of grown men in a huddle? There's nothing to see between plays. I, okay, well, first of all, our definition of gorgeous is a little different. She's you don't not, think Taylor Swift's a looker? You, you said gorgeous. I mean. That, that's a little different. I, I, I just, I better shut up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, you, you're, you're making the Swifties angry right now, man. They're I don't gonna... care about them. My wife, I don't want to get angry. <laughs> next. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. That's a far more depressing topic than Taylor Swift. The Saints lose 31-24 to against Jacksonville. Um, the Jags are now 5-2. and two. New Orleans is 3-4. and four. <sighs> couple of things. Let's sit out again. A, New Orleans' locker room chemistry right now is not good. B, Derek Carr is not playing well enough to be acting like a child on the sidelines every time things go poorly. C, the things that Derek Carr is upset about are kind of legitimate gripes. Chris Olave does not play hard. He does not compete. 
Last night, twice, Carr left the field yelling and screaming at Olave, who just gave up on his route. That has become a regular occurrence, by the way. D, your situational offense is terrible. It's third and eight, third and nine. You're throwing one-yard passes to Kamara. Kamara had 12 catches for 91 yards last night. That's atrocious. Carr last night was 33 of 55 for 300 yards, but that's five and a half yards an attempt. That is terrible. E, your defense didn't play that great last night. Trevor Lawrence on one leg is running all over and getting first downs, and you had to get a stop late. You give up a long one to Christian Kirk. So even your dominant side of the ball is not that dominant anymore. F, your special teams is terrible. You missed a field goal last night. You had an extra point hit off the upright, and your punter sucks. All of a sudden, Lou Headley's not punting the ball well anymore. And then the last one of it all, what's after F? G? (laughs) Um, You couldn't take advantage of opportunities. The Jaguars were fumbling the ball around early. You had two turnovers, set up short fields. You only had three points to show for it. I think your offense is kind of turning on your coaching staff a little bit. I don't think he's got the locker room. Dennis Allen is blaming the players. At halftime, he said, oh, it's it's a matter of execution. We've got to execute. And to an extent, I guess he's right, right? Forrest Moreau should have caught the game tying touchdown pass at the end. I get it. But some of this is also not execution. The fact that you're not running the ball effectively and aren't even trying to run the ball effectively is inexcusable. The fact that you had four plays from the six-yard line And Jimmy Graham was not in the game for any of them. If he can't play in the red zone, cut his ass and get somebody who can play. The fact that on fourth and goal, you run, which every analytic guy will tell you, the lowest percentage play on the goal line is a fade. Because the defensive backs are right there. They're hand fighting you. It's just a jump ball. That's the lowest percentage play you could run on the goal line unless you have like Calvin Johnson or just some great receiver. They throw a fade to Olave, have no chance to complete it. The fact that you had four plays from the six-yard line and you didn't put Taysom Hill in at quarterback for any of them, despite the fact that the drive before he was running down the Jaguars' throat, Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael are just pissing into the wind right now. They don't have a clue what to do in these late-game situations. This franchise is a mess. It is time to tear this thing down at the studs. I agree on a lot of what you said uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. Now let's take the fade route at the end. Did you hear Derek Carr? And they asked. They, it was a question after the game about that's not a very high percentage play right there to the go line. Why you want to go ahead? And he his he goes well. We hit it before with Michael Thomas, so I, we thought we felt good about it. Did you see the catch he had to make? That, there's no it way. was not an easy catch, and he wasn't that open. It just when he said that, it's like wow. Okay, Olave. There, there's talk about. He, okay, it's obvious, Casey. He's not playing hard. He, he's. I think he's having some family issues right now, and not making an excuse for him. I, I hope for his sake but, that that's what it is, and he's not just yes, loafing. I think there's some issues there. <clears throat> Who's the same player that's playing and not complaining like on the field very much at all before last night, maybe a little on the sideline, Michael Thomas. He's the only one, yeah. He and Taysom Hill are the only ones you never see complaining. And, and 
I, I look, I think his agent sat him down and said, look, play through this mess. We'll get you out of here. And I think he's playing for a trade that he's not complaining. He's, he wants out. Uh, Alvin Kamara, he would be a great Canadian football player <laughs> because he thinks the field's wider than what it is. And I wish they would have a stat for most yards running sideways. He would quadruple whoever is, is second place to him. He's definitely first place. He catches the ball. He's more. He wants to run sideline to sideline, thinking he's going to outrun somebody to get an angle instead of just planting his foot and going up the darn field and gaining yards because he don't want to get hit that much. He takes some hits now, but he runs way too much to the sideline. Carr, I don't think he's the problem on this team. Uh, he's not playing well. I think it's the system because it's the same nonsense we're seeing when it's third and eight, whatever, we throw in two, three-yard passes. It's the same stuff they did last year. They're doing it again this year. You need – and when the Saints had success. When they were when, throwing the ball down the field in two, two yes, minute drill. They were throwing the ball down the field, and they had success moving the football. They don't throw the ball down the field enough, and when they do, they're not on the same page. And Dennis Allen, I agree with you, has lost this team. I agree. It, it, and I, I, I told you before, I said, you're going to see arguing on the sideline with the Saints, and it started. Field uh, Carr comes off the field yelling at Carmichael. Right? You never saw Breeze doing this, or Dalton doing this, even Winston on it's 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 a problem. They have to make a change now. What change you make? Nothing during the year, unfortunately. I mean, you're not going to fire Dennis Allen or Mickey Loomis during the year. You're not going to fire Pete Carmichael during the year because you don't have anybody to replace him. There, there's, you, you have to replace play calling with, with Carmichael. Keep him, I mean, on on your coaching staff. Don't fire him. It, it, uh, we're just going to have someone else calling the plays. They need a spark. They need something. Here, and, and then one more point. Yeah, go ahead. You're, they're not going to, I agree, make a change now. Who do you want on that staff taking over? That's the thing. There's nobody. So you're stuck. Unless you can get John Gruden to come right now, and you still not – It's you know, that's not a fix now. But, I mean, look, I'm a Gruden fan. Let's see next year. Here's something that's really troubling. Last year, in Andy Dalton's first seven starts, he had 1,559 yards, 11 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 7.2 yards per attempt. The team was scoring 24 points a game. That was his first seven starts last year. Derek Carr, in his first seven starts this year, has 1,600 yards, which is 41 yards more. Six touchdowns, which is five touchdowns fewer. Four interceptions, three interceptions fewer. 6.3 yards per attempt, which is less than Dalton, and the team is scoring 19 points a game. How the hell did you upgrade your quarterback position and you're scoring five fewer points a game with an easier, far easier schedule? How in the hell are you pulling that off? Um, And then I got another stat for you here that I could find that will be very telling of some of the things that New Orleans is maybe not doing well or maybe could be doing better. You interviewed three people 
<clears throat> when you were replacing Sean Payton. You interviewed Eric Bieniemy, who is now with Washington, and their offense is suddenly good. The Chiefs' offense suddenly isn't as good, and he's a Louisiana guy. You interviewed Doug Peterson, who has turned the Jaguars around. They're 5-2. and two. He's a Louisiana guy. And this is what you hired. I, Mickey deserves some blame for that. Yes. Um, because of the three options, he probably, in my opinion, picked the worst one of the three. And now, as a result, after every Saints game, you're having to hear things like this. This was Alvin Kamara yesterday basically throwing Dennis Allen under the bus. He said, and I quote about the offensive problems, I think that's how we used to plan, playing matchup ball. Used to plan. He's talking about the Sean Payton era. I think that's how we used to plan, playing matchup ball. It's tough now, because I feel like right now we're not playing matchup ball. We're just going out there and playing. Publicly throwing his offensive coordinator under the bus. Your quarterback's arguing with your offensive coordinator. Your quarterback is scheduling little secret meetings in the fourth quarter with Kamara and Michael Thomas and Moreau. Carmichael's not even involved in that. Um, they don't believe that they're being coached at a high level right now. They don't. No, Look, Mickey Loomis couple years ago, living in fantasy land, thinking if we keep Dennis Allen, it, it, he's just going to keep, and Carmichael, it's like the Sean Payton era would just keep, would, like in a, would keep coming back. We, we, we would have that. And far, far, far from it. There, he's 18 and 42 now as a head coach, man. At some time, at some point, you just are what your record says that you are. Um, Derek Carr said last night that I've got to chill out. He was open about saying that he was probably doing a little bit too much on the sidelines. He said, I have always been showing my – no, not always. Let, let me re rephrase that. He said in a quote, I have been showing my emotion a little too much on my sleeves. I've got to kind of chill out a little bit, and that's me holding myself accountable because that's not going to help anything. I'm just trying to be a calming influence in those moments of heightened frustration calming influence, running off the field, yelling and screaming and getting in the face of your coordinator and yeah. arguing with Chris Olavec, calming influence. Um, I don't know, man. This is this is not a good situation. The special teams thing we haven't really talked about. Your kicker groupie missed a field goal, almost missed an extra point. Your punter's not doing well. You're not getting any type of return game. All of the different signs, right? I always say poorly coached teams lose close games. Poorly co coached teams are bad in the red zone. Poorly coached teams are bad in special teams. Poorly coached teams commit a bunch of penalties. Check, 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 check. Yeah, and, and look, bad teams are going to do what the Saints did last night. Find ways to make sure they're going to lose the game. Three and, of and, 18 on third down. And just not going to make a play. I mean, look, it, you can – your guy or Morrow or whatever uh, should have caught that ball. Nine times out of ten, he catches it. Well, here's my thing with that. Um, Foster Moreau is is an, a marginal NFL player. He's okay, right? He, he, he's I. Right. He, his best season was 420 receiving yards. He's he's no superstar. Instead of maybe signing a 50 year old who doesn't play, maybe they should have upgraded that position and had somebody who would have caught that ball in the end zone. There was too much, and we said this in August whenever it was happening. Too much sentimental stuff in the offseason of, oh, we're going to bring in the LSU linemen and we're going to bring back Jimmy Graham and trying to win PR points, and it ain't working. It ain't working. And now, the most depressing thing of it all 
and New Orleans Saints fans think that they're so smart when they talk about this. The Saints are $83 million over the cap in the first day of the offseason. And I get it. There's a portion of the fans that say, oh, bro, Mickey Loomis is going to fix that. Yeah, and he is going to fix that. They're going to get under the cap. But in the last few years of doing all this, all this nonsense that Loomis does, they have lost all of their depth. This is not a deep football team anymore. So it's easy to say, oh, well, we've been able to keep Michael Thomas and Ramchak and Kamara and, and Cam Jordan through all this cap stuff. But whenever guys go down, like Jawan Johnson, who would have made that play at the end of the game, you don't have adequate backups filling in. New Orleans is not deep enough to make a push in today's NFL where you're playing a 17-game schedule, and it's because Mickey Loomis refuses to rebuild. I'm going to kick this thing down the road. We'll pay the piper when we got to pay the piper. And as a result, because he thinks that they're just a player or two away from another Super Bowl run, which they're far, far away from that, as a result, the Saints are stuck in the middle, and that's the worst place to be. And just look down the road a couple of years. It's going to get worse. It because, will get worse before it gets better. You're losing your defense. That's some older guys there in a couple of years. They're done. And where, where you go from there? And I, I just think Mickey Loomis and, and Dennis Allen, as a coach, you want to, at any level, you put your players in the best situation to have success. They do not do that. They don't do it. Derek Carr and this system that they're trying to run ain't working. You, you need to change it. You, the play calling in the red zone is horrendous. I, look, I wouldn't have a problem first and goal with the five. Run it four times. You had all three timeouts. I'm surprised that's not what they did. You know, I, I just, instead of throwing a fade or throwing, I mean, just try and run it four times. You got you got some weapons that you can do that with. And just, I don't know, it, it's uh, it, it's bad. And uh, a lot of Saints fans, they, they will be, this morning getting up after that, they'd be frustrated. And I think they, they're just beyond that. It's poor for the course. You know, it, it's just like, oh, well. And you know you can talk about it this and that, and uh, but it's uh, this many buy that they have now with ten days off. Or something's going to be done. Ah. And, and look, it's still they three and four, All right? But it's just how they play and and who they play. You play Jacksonville at the best time possible. Yeah, they're dead tired. Coming off of two games they had. In London, wherever they played, they had come back, play a game, they got to play there. They didn't have a bye yet, coming off of two games in London, and quarterback that was supposedly hurt. You beat a two-win Tennessee team, you beat a winless Carolina team, and you beat New England, who has one win and who's terrible. Haven't beaten anybody worth their salts. You've lost to Green Bay, Tampa, Houston, and Jacksonville. You've lost now four out of five. Um, Indy's not going to be a barrel monkeys. Now that Richardson is out, I think they're actually a better football team with Gardner Minshew. Um, this is gonna this is gonna potentially spill over, and this is this has the every makings of being a mess for the rest of the year. Uh, who's that quarterback, Taylor Swift for Jacksonville? Taylor Swift with that long hair. Oh, uh, Fabio, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Fabio was running all over the field last night. Oh mercy! Saints could have had Doug Peterson, a guy who had won a Super Bowl 
and who is from Louisiana, and they said, nah, we'll, we'll go ahead and get the guy who's like 10 and 30 as a head coach instead. Great decision. Yeah, New Orleans fans, just it's just starting to be. You could have a rough uh, stretch coming up five, six months from here on out because when the Pelicans start, I think the Saints are going to love it when the Pelicans start take some of the heat off of them. Yeah, no doubt. Let's catch a break when we get back. We're going to Damian St. Pierre. I'm sure Damian's going to be so distraught that the Saints lost. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic.viscom.net. That's joeseptic.viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. Welcome back to play-by-play here on KLEV. Casey just there here with Coach Brian Colley. We go to the phone lines for the second time today. It's Friday. It's a little after 12.15. We've got Damian St. Pierre lined up. D, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing? Damian, are you with us? Good, sir. Oh, we might have lost our connection to Damian. We might have to ask Brian to give him a shout back. So we'll try to get Damian on. We'll talk about all sorts of things there with, with him. Uh think that we lost our connection so we'll try to redial him and get him squared away we'll talk with him about the new orleans saints and the pelicans and lsu women's basketball and obviously they do such a good job with biddy and the different things like that one thing very quickly to note um while we are waiting to get damien back on the line we did have a southland conference game yesterday and southeastern actually got their first win of the season they got a 37 to 20 win over northwestern state so B.J. Young, I'm sure, was really happy seeing that Southeastern gets in the winner's column after starting off the season 1-7. and seven. Uh, So we'll see how they could finish the year. Northwestern State 0-6, a rough start to the year for them. Both of those teams might be tra- uh, chasing Nichols a little bit here in the rest of the season. 
Let's see if Brian's laughing. That's never a good sign for me, but I think that we've got Damien finally squared away. We go to the phone lines and we go take two. Do we have Damien squared away? D, good afternoon. What's going on? Man, I don't know who Kali just talked to, but it was not me. (laughs) (laughs) It helps when you call the right person. (laughs) So we had just some random stranger that was about ready to be booked to come on the show. That's always good to know. It may have been Dennis Allen, I think. Uh, Look, Damien. He probably does better than me. You are an old school boxing promoter back in the day, so I'm going to lead off with this question to you. If you still had a boxing gym and a fighter came up to you with an 18 and 42 record, would you sign that fighter? Would you give him a promotion? Would you make him your top guy? Because that's Dennis Allen's record right now, 18 and 42. Don't know why we're still dealing with this, but that's where we are, unfortunately, in New Orleans. With the way boxing is and the way boxing used to be uh, on the club level, you got a guy that's 18 and 43. You, you put him against your best guy and let him slaughter him. That's what, that's what needs to happen in New Orleans right now, too. Yeah, crazy, man. Look, we'll, we'll dive more into some of the Saints stuff in just a second, but we want to stick to your bread and butter, which is some of the basketball stuff. Um, the final middle school game of the season for football is Tuesday, Golden Meadow and LCO. If I had to guess, you'll maybe give them a day or two, maybe even a week to kind of you know rest up, get off their legs. Then I'm sure it's going to be full steam ahead basketball time, man. Give us a walkthrough of you know maybe tryout dates and when you guys are looking to get rolling. Uh, so we give zero time off uh, with with the way the uh, the middle school schedule is now, and trying to get as many games in um, before that parish season starts as possible. Uh, we start the day after. Uh, we start that Wednesday. We're doing boys and girls. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll pick the team on Friday. Uh, Parrish says that. Yeah. Parrish says that you gotta. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Parrish says that you gotta. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta try out everybody for three days. So uh, that that's what we're doing. And I, I found myself last night there in bitty practice, even in my four, five, six um, year old practice. That you know, we, we're to the point that we we give sticker charts for for showing up for practice, and we give juice and and rice crispy treats after practice and games. So there's, there's that <laughs> element, but. Uh, I found myself in a mode, and I was like, "Yeah, it's it's, it's that time of the season." We, we're you know we're excited. We're battling some injuries already with, through through football. I mean, you, you guys see that uh, weekly. Um, just hopefully nothing that's gonna that's gonna intrude into the into the games. And we open up November 9th, boys and girls. We're taking a trip to uh, to Oakland, and then uh, and then again before Thanksgiving, we, we have we're uh, we're hosting Central Catholic in Morgan City, getting those guys in our gym, and not much time, but. You know, we, we started a couple of years ago. We implemented our system, so we got a lot of folks that have a lot of experience in what we want to do. And that's something that I have never, uh, as a middle school coach, you know, I've never had the opportunity to, to have kids in in, in, the, in my system for a couple of years. You know, I, I was I was there originally to go to medal one year. Now, going on year two of, of me being there, but year three of, of being there in general. And it's it's an exciting season, man. You know, you, you're, you're, the time that you put in. When those kids are in sixth grade and now they're coming to eighth grade, that, that's uh, that's all on you as a coach and you know, what what they could do and what they retain and what and how they're going to perform. So anxious to to get things going. We got 24 games scheduled, um, and just it, it's that time of the year, Casey. I'm feeling every bit of it, man. It's exciting. How's Biddy going, bro? Uh, I've been meaning to go out there to the youth center and get some pictures and hang out with you guys. The last couple weekends have just been so busy. Uh, how's the Biddy season going so far? So we're going into week four now. We hosted that fall break tournament, which we had some really good games. Two of our championship games went into overtime. I think the biggest point deficit in the championship game was eight. 
and that was what our 14 of them, the, the, the league got extended at the end because of some free throws. But uh, two four-point games, it's just the way that we have the league structured, there's no more daddy ball. Hey, I'm going to pick the two best kids. Like, nah, maybe like our two favorite radio, like my favorite radio host and his, and his coach <laughs> used to do, and just run shop. You know, we don't, we're not allowing that. We, we distribute the talent, make sure everybody's – knowledgeable in what they're doing. You know, we help the coaches out as much as we can. The kids are uh, responding to that. The coaches respond to that. The games are taking a little bit longer, but they're all real competitive, real close games. But you got to have some teams that, you know, are missing some people in one week or, um, you know, just it, it happens. It's new sports. But for the majority, definitely enjoying um, this season so far. Got three got three days of games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday here, coming up at the Cutoff Youth Center. Shout out to the to the Biddy board, the Biddy staff, putting in all the time and effort. The coaches, the players, the parents. It's uh, it's, it's going well so far. Let's dive back into the Saints. They fall thirty-one to twenty-four last night against Jacksonville. Um, man, the Jaguars were dead tired. They were just coming off of a two-game stay in Europe, and you had every opportunity to go and get them last night, and just couldn't convert, couldn't make it happen. Uh, pretty predictable ending. And now, which, which Brian and I have been talking about throughout the course of the show. You're starting to have locker room issues, cars running off the field yelling and screaming, and you got you know Camara who's publicly outing Carmichael, and this thing's gonna get worse before it gets better, brother. What? So I haven't. I've watched the majority of the Saints games, but to say that I've watched every play of the season would be a stretch. I've never seen a temper tantrum from a grown from a grown man like I saw last night. Is it? Is it just the stress is getting too much? It's not like he's now used to using, used to losing. He's got a losing record as a as a quarterback, as a starting quarterback. So what's what's the difference? Um, you know, rightfully so in a couple of plays, but sometimes he's just throwing the ball directly to the grass and check downs on third and twenty and third and ten. Why don't you get mad at yourself a little bit? Uh, it's the Saints are in disarray right now, and what would help that would be just hand the ball off to your best player and let him go create and stop trying to make something out of an average quarterback that you overpaid for, that you could have had an average quarterback that you paid the right amount that you had the year before, just hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara and let him go to work. If that guy is on any team with any resemblance of some type of offense, he would be up in the MVP discussion because he's the only positive player on that offense last night. And they just, in some spot, they stopped giving the ball. I say only positive. Taysom Hill had a heck of a game last night. He, um, for me, he, he just he goes so hard. And his passion shows through what he's doing, and I'm not a big Taysom Hill fan, but I, I see it compared to what you know everyone else on that on that offense. But man, it, it's it's in disarray. Uh, you could tell the communication's lacking from the from the quarterback to the receivers, the quarterback to the running backs, the quarterback to the OC, the OC to the head coach. And again, we harp on this every single week. If you have a losing quarterback, you have a losing head coach that's never won as a head coach at any level. And you put them together in a, in, for a franchise that's had a handful of good se- winning seasons. What are your expectations? We, I think the world in general and society in general, we've got high expectations for entry level and not successful folks. And I, I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, no, that's very well said. You said a mouthful there, man. Look, from one loser to the next, let's talk about the Pelicans here for a second. Um, the Pelicans... Have high hopes right now because pretty much everybody's there. Zion's looking okay in the preseason, even though they finished the preseason just with a 1-3 and three record. They have made the decision in the offseason. They didn't do anything to their roster. They are betting on good health. They're betting on keeping their guys on the floor. They're betting on, hey, if we 
stay healthy, we can maybe be one of the teams. I don't see it. I think that it's hard to bet on guys like Zion and Brandon Ingram to play 60, 70 games when they've never done that before. I think New Orleans is going to play the same season this year that they did last where there's going to show some moments, but they're going to struggle as a whole. What are your forecasts for the Pelicans coming into the year? It's the same old, same old. It's the same thing. You have high expectations for something that's never exceeded. That's never that's never been successful. Um, it, it, you, I mean, we've been we've been talking about it in the past. You just said it. You're not you're not going to have guys that are going to play a full season, and that is the way their roster is built. You have to have that to be to be even in the playoff discussion or in that that four to eight or four, now it's four to ten, whatever that may be, to get in there. Um, another McCollum. From what I understand, is looking pretty sharp. I haven't watched much preseason basketball, but they said that uh, maybe some of the lingering injuries that he had late last year have uh, have healed themselves. But you know that, that's been your one constant. You, got, you have Ingram that that plays harder towards the end of the season, and Zion's is just not there towards the end of the season. I don't know how you mentally repair yourself from what Zion dealt with last year and the year before. To just come out and say, "Oh well, everything's fine. Let's just, uh, you know, let's just go make the playoffs out of four or five seeds, like we're like like we would love to do." Um, you know, Coach Kylie mentioned this a couple weeks ago. When we were on the ownership. You know, what what are, what are we doing? Where, where's our time being spent? What's what's you know what, what's at the top of that priority list? Is this, are, is it the Saints? Is it the Pelicans? Is it they're in the season? Hey, we'll focus on this. Hey, we'll focus on that. It's just a, it's a lot of lot of different a lot of different. Um, I guess ways to look at it, but it seems like the Pelicans are second ranked, and I feel like they're treated second rate, and you know, almost rightfully so. We have they haven't done very much to to have that high priority within the organization. For sure, dude. Look, let's talk some LSU football. The Tigers are five and two, hosting Army this weekend. It's not an Army team that's like the Army teams we're used to. They really don't run triple option. They're in the gun a lot. They run the ball out of the gun a lot. Don't expect a whole lot of drama. LSU's kind of sucked me back in, man. I was really distraught after the Ole Miss game. You play a good second half against Missouri. It's a Missouri win now that looks much better than it did when you got it because they followed that up by kind of demolishing a good Kentucky team. You beat Auburn by 30, and it's easy for haters to say, oh, bro, it's Auburn. Auburn almost beat Georgia earlier this year. So, like, they've kind of roped me back in. I- I'm-, I'm feeling pretty good about where LSU sits. They've gotten a lot better in the last couple weeks. Man, I'm, I'm glad to say that, that, I, that I didn't leave. I'm not going to say I didn't have any doubts or didn't uh, have any negative um, comments towards uh, Brian Kelly, but, um, you know, this is my first real season as a season ticket holder, so getting a chance to go to some of them games, man, the Auburn and LSU in-game atmosphere was, was almost like the old-school days of Tiger Stadium before, you know, before the, before COVID, before Ida, before the world went, you know, went to disarray. Um, it was awesome. The tailgating was awesome. You know, the, in, the in-game atmosphere was, all, was was really good. I think people expected, a, you know, obviously expected a close game. And the offense came out there and set the tone really, really early. Of course, I'm negative in anything. I thought when we punted with two minutes and 50 seconds left that we were, it was, Auburn was going to score here, come back and score, to get the ball at the half and make it a one-point, one-score game. And then we'd be in the typical LSU nail-biter. But, um, you know, LSU forced – Forced them to punt, came back. They didn't. I think they may have scored in, in the half. They may have scored a field goal to open up. But after that, I mean, it was the LSU's offense is dominant right now. Um, they seem to have fixed some of the the, the drop issues. Jaden Daniels maybe had one pass that got away from him 
on that, I, I believe on the interception, but then he missed, I believe he missed Malik Neighbors in the back of the end zone, maybe in the second possession. Could have went up 14 nothing, still went up 10 nothing. But the bright side is the defense. Now, was that the Auburn's inept ability on offense, or was that LSU's defense starting to get better? You know, since, uh, since Pete Jenkins got back, I feel like they've gotten incrementally better, specifically on the defensive line. We're starting to get some pressure. And I think that, uh, you know, we got another game to, to right the ship before, before we got to, we got to turn it back on in the SEC play. But a good time, man. Jaden Daniels, just, he's putting together probably the second best season as, that an LSU quarterback's ever had. I know people don't want to really talk about that. A lot of folks got a lot of haters for Jaden Daniels, but that's, that's the facts, man. He, he may be end up being the second best quarterback in LSU history by the time his, his career is over with. Yesterday was SEC Media Day for college basketball, and Kim Mulkey was asked the million-dollar question. The reporter asked her, hey, Coach, do you have too many? And she said very bluntly and was kind of laughing at the reporter, you can never have too many. She said chemistry will not be an issue this year. She said that, you know, hey, if a kid that once averaged 15 points a game now averages 11, but we're winning every game, it's not going to be a problem. She said, and I quote, players only care about winning and only care about winning championships, and we think we've got a great roster to do that. Do you think that it's going to be as hunky-dory and as smooth sailing as she makes it out to be? Look, as long as you're winning, it, it'll be fine. But if they find a way to somehow lose a couple games, then the chirping starts, and you start hearing it from from outside. Some of the kids and some of the, well, I say kids, some of the some of the players start hearing from uh, media or something else how it's a, it's a it's a season that was unexpected. Shouldn't have lost this game. You should be doing this. You know that if that affects somebody that's maybe not getting thirty minutes a night, that's normally getting thirty minutes a night, could. That could be some internal issues, but as long as you win it, the, the, the old saying, winning cures all, is that, that's 100% true. And Casey, talk about, you know, being in the, the, the time of NIL and, and all that good stuff. The, the team has Little Wayne performing for, I, I don't know if it's their ring ceremony or, or some type of presentation, but talk about a recruiting tool. Man. Unbelievable, man. How could you not want to play for a program? that has this type of momentum and this type of talent and just so many eyes on it. It's un- unreal. I saw Dave Portnoy in Baton Rouge last weekend going around in an Angel Reese jersey talking about how, yeah, I talked bad about her, but now, you know, she's uh, she's this and that. We, we made amends and all this. Uh, like, this, Angel Reese is a national name, and, you know, she wasn't that in Maryland. She came to LSU, and, and, and now she's a cover of Sports Illustrated, winning national championships, and um, – it's it, it's a it's crazy to see women's basketball the way it is in, in Louisiana in general right now. It's, uh, I'm happy to be part of it. We've got two big local fights coming up. Uh, Victor Hernandez, well, I say two. It might not be. Victor Hernandez on his box rec page was scheduled to fight in Miami in November, but I see that's no longer listed on his box, uh, uh, box rec page, so we'll see if that's still going on. He got a big win over Ira Terry, kind of the gatekeeper. Ira Terry was 28 and 28. Vic stops him in the first round, a minute 57 in. Then you got Jonathan Guidry, who will be fighting on that Don King card against um, a guy who, frankly, looks like a sumo wrestler, a very big opponent, uh, Jesus Escarla. I think I'm saying that right. He's 19 and 0 coming in. Um, tell us about what you know about both of those guys, man, because both guys are coming in with a big, big opportunity. So we'll, we'll start with Vic. So uh, I believe that was Sunday. Is fighting Wisconsin, um, man. So Ira Terry, twenty-eight, twenty-eight, coming into that bout. He's been in with some world champions. I've seen him at the beginning of his career. He was undefeated. His dad was uh, was managing him at the time. 
And I think maybe his dad fell ill. And then after that, he just kind of took some money fights to have his record look like the way it is. But this guy's a legit uh, gatekeeper style of opponent. And I watched I watched the fight this morning. Vic was aggressive. He started with a body attack that Terry just didn't feel like taking any blows from there. Uh, the first knockdown was come off of a left hook to the body where Terry kind of stumbled back. Vic hit him with a jab to, to finish that. And then um, another body blow for the second and final knockdown. Vic came over with an overhand right, and Terry just he's like, you could just tell I'm not I'm not getting knocked out cold. I'm gonna just go ahead and and uh, and take this one and, uh, and go to the house and go with my 29th loss. But definitely Vic's best win in his career, nine fight career, nine 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 and nine knockouts. But from what I understand, he suffered some type of cut from a headbutt during that fight, so he will not be participating in the November 4th Don King card. But Jonathan Gidry will talking about his opponent. He's 19 and 19 and 19 knockouts, but he's 43 years old, never been past the fourth round. Um, I'm expecting a Jonathan Gidry win from what I understand. You know, Jonathan's training hard for this bout. And that's a, that's a nice, you know, you, you talk about building a resume and, and, you know, sacrificing a guy that's 18 and 43. If you got a, if you're in the top ten and a couple of sanctioned bodies like Jonathan is, and you get a, a win against a 19 and 0 guy, you're priming yourself to be right back in that race to get a world heavyweight title shot. And that's, I mean, that's what that's what he's looking for. I know he re-signed with Don King recently, so I mean, King's going to take care of him if he gets that. If he looks good in this uh, in this bout and, uh, and and gets a stoppage or even just looks good in the process, he'll be right back in line to where he was to get that world title shot again. And uh, you know, props to that guy. Man, uh, let's talk about this. Tyson Fury said um, way back when, hey, I'm done. I'm retiring. And then he's since come back from then. But now yesterday we get the news that Tyson Fury says he's about to sign a 10-fight deal. And his quote in the story says, fighting just bleeping makes me happy. <laughs> so Tyson Fury, one of the biggest stars of the sport. We thought he was kind of on the way out. Maybe we're going to start doing movies, maybe some WWE. Um he says he's got 10 more to go. And look, to his credit, he's 33-0-1, and he's been knocking the hell out of everybody he's been fighting lately, so he hasn't really slowed down much. Um, I think it's good for the sport having him involved for the foreseeable future. So, Casey, I don't know um, if you've seen, there's a Netflix, like uh, some type of show, re reality show with Tyson Fury, and I fully, fully understand why he's fighting. He's got, uh, he, I, I don't know exactly how many kids, but, man, his house is in absolute chaos. <laughs> and uh, he, he's got, I mean, he's got everything that he could possibly want, but he doesn't, you can tell he's not a um, cut the grass, you know, fix this plumbing type of guy. He, he's a fighter, and uh, he's mentally mentally ready to fight pretty much at any time from, from what I'm gathering. But, uh, so, Casey, he's actually fighting a uh, former UFC guy on uh, next weekend. That fight's been kind of promoted back and forth. And this the UFC guy, and I'm, I'm reading his name right now, and I'm, I'm going to butcher his Francis uh, Ganu. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that the N is silent. Um, he's a UFC guy, but he's, he's more of a stand-up guy than, than, than a, I guess, a Matt. I'm not an MMA guru by any stretch of the imagination. But I know he's, he's got some power. And... Um, Another one of these, it's not a YouTube type of fight, but another just one of these circus fights where a guy's coming in from not having any boxing experience and fighting, you know, one of, possibly one of the best heavyweights of all time, or at least the top 15 heavyweight of all time, um, just enough. And, of course, the fight's in Saudi Arabia, so you know you, you know how that goes. But 
That'll be next. That'll be uh, the next uh, next Saturday. Uh, he, he's going to kill that guy, right? I mean, like a UFC guy won't be able to stand in there with Tyson Fury, right? Look, this guy, I've seen him before, and I've seen some knockouts that he has. He's got some power, but I, I just don't think he's going to get anywhere near close to, to Fury to be able to do any damage. But, you know, Fury's got some age on him now, and that guy's coming in kind of wild. He, he, you always have that puncher's chance, no matter what. Last question, I'll leave you with this. Clarissa Shields has been active on social media saying that she wants to fight Jake Paul. I've seen Clarissa Shields. She's very, very good. She's a woman. Jake Paul is okay, maybe not at an elite level, but he is good enough to call himself a professional boxer. If that fight were ever to happen, which I don't think they'd ever be able to get it sanctioned, but if that fight were ever to happen, would Clarissa Shields beat Jake Paul? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. So back before uh, Hurricane Katrina ravaged the Gulf Coast, uh, our buddy... Nick and I were uh, were at a press conference. Ann Wolf was going to fight in Mississippi. He was it was the the event was titled Ann versus Man. It was Ann Wolf versus Bo Skipper. And I, at that time, I would have probably taken Ann Wolf to take that fight to to win that fight. Now Katrina happened. The fight never happened. Um, man, I I'm going to say no. Uh, seeing seeing Paul fight before, knowing. The skill, the you know, he does have a little bit of boxing skill. He does train. He has legit trainers. He's been in there with with, a, with one legit opponent. I, I just don't see it. As tough as Shields is, she has trouble in sparring with some. Uh, you know, she sparred some 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 men in in, in her career, and if she has trouble with those folks. I think it's more of a more of a circus act than an actual fight. Yeah, I tend to be with you. Well, bro, look, we thank you so much for the time. As always, hope to chat with you next Friday, Panda. Thanks, Casey. Yep, that is Coach Damien St. Pierre doing an excellent job. Boy, he stays busy. People tell me all the time that I'm busy. Ain't nothing like Damien. Damien has rec teams to coach and middle school teams to coach and a busy job at Dan Austin. He does a great job. Um, look, I thought he was going to be up there making fun of the Saints a little more. He, I thought his commentary was right. Just got to figure some things out. I don't think they're that far away, but the problem is I don't know that they got the right people in the building to bridge that gap, and I think that's where uh, New Orleans is really going to find themselves in a tough spot. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll give you my weekend prediction, some things I'm expecting to see. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals, serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa and Highway 3235 in Galliano. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Get ready, Greater New Orleans area. The big one, the Great Southern Gun and Knife Show, is coming for two big days only this weekend at the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard. 
Show hours are Saturday 9 until 5, Sunday 10 till 5. Hundreds of dealer tables available. Full of guns, knives, ammunition, holsters, gun, books, camouflage, jewelry and related items. Hunters and collectors, this big show's for you. Buy, sell, trade or just spend the day browsing. Ladies are especially welcome. Admission is just $10 for adults and $2 for children ages 6 to 11. Sorry, no one under the age of 18 admitted without a parent. Got any guns to sell? Be sure they're unloaded and bring them to the show. Thousands of buyers will be there. Instant background checks available for gun purchases. The big one, the great Southern Gun and Knife Show, March 19th and 20th. Show hours 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 to 5 on Sunday. Come to the Pontchartrain Center on Williams Boulevard to exercise your right to keep and bear arms. While you're there, be sure to register for the $50 restaurant gift card. See you there at the big one. Sure as shooting, don't miss it. Here's a word from Pastor Rick Warren. You can go 40 days without food. You can go about eight days without water. You can go, uh, I don't know, I think about three minutes without air at the maximum. But you can't go one second without hope. You cannot live without hope. Get hope every day from Rick Warren at dailyhoperadio.com. That's dailyhoperadio.com. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back, jump to your feet right now! Oh! Well, the kingdom's up for violence, but the violent, take it! Take it! Take it. Let's go! One more segment to go, and it's our weekend prediction segment, which everybody tends to like. Uh, because you guys get the opportunity to hear all of the ones that I got wrong on Monday. Never hear any of the ones that we get yeah, right. Yeah, I'm writing them down. <laughs> um, this weekend, right out the gate, I think Saints fans will be disappointed because I think Dennis Allen's going to hold a press conference over the weekend and say, we ain't changing a damn thing. Carmichael's still our guy. We're going to blah, 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 blah. I think that they're not going to change anything uh, going forward. Um, so I think that it's going to be status quo for New Orleans, and I think that we're going to find that out over the weekend. Um, I think that the Falcons are going to beat the Buccaneers on the road this weekend. The Bucs are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, the Saints probably should be rooting for Atlanta, but Tampa Bay's got a better record than you and also has a head-to-head against you. I think Atlanta's going to be able to run the ball just enough. I think the Falcons are going to go on the road and get a win. I think Detroit's going to make a statement this weekend. I think they're going on the road and they're beating the Ravens. I don't believe in Lamar Jackson. You guys know that. Anybody who listens to this show regularly regularly knows that. I think Detroit's for real. They're 3-0 and on the road this year. <clears throat> I think they're going to beat Baltimore. Um, and I would bet the money line on it. I think that even though they're an underdog, I think they'll find a way to get a win. 
I think that Sean Payton's Denver Broncos are going to lose to Green Bay at home. Green Bay's a one-point favorite. I don't know that Denver's trying to win right now, to be honest. I think that they are full-on next-season mode. They've traded some of their veterans. I think the Packers are going to take advantage of them, and I think that they're going to get the win. How about this one? I'm going with the Dolphins to beat the Eagles on Sunday night football. I think that Miami's offense is going to be too much. Something going on with Philly. Uh, Something going on. I'm not a big believer in what they're doing on offense right now. I think the Dolphins are going to get the win there. Travis Kelsey goes wild. Taylor Swift in attendance. The Chiefs are going to beat the Chargers. The Chargers are a wreck. The Chargers are 2-3. and Uh, They can't win close games. Brandon Staley's hanging on for dear life there. I think that the Chargers are going to fall to Kansas City. College football. LSU is going to get a, a scare for about a quarter against Army. I think it'll be a little closer than people realize, and LSU's depth's going to wear through. I don't anticipate a big 40, 50, 60-point win. I think Brian Kelly, knowing he's facing a service academy, is going to be very respectful. I think if the Tigers get up three and four touchdowns late, I think they'll take the air out of the ball. I think LSU will win like 34-7 to seven or something like that on Saturday. I'm going the Ohio State University to beat Penn State on Saturday. That's a matchup of number three versus number seven. I think that the Buckeyes are going to have just a little bit too much at home. Not a huge believer in Penn State just yet. I think Ohio State will win that one, but I think that Michigan's the best team in that conference. How about this one? Alabama, big over Tennessee. I think that <laughs> Alabama's going to beat up on Tennessee Saturday. That hat's on too tight. <laughs> Alabama's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I just don't think Tennessee's any good. You get beat bad by Florida, you ain't any good. I think Alabama's going to be able to run the ball. I think they'll be able to get stops. I think Alabama wins by two-plus touchdowns over Tennessee tomorrow. Oh, man. Um, Missouri. Missouri's going to beat South Carolina. The coach is coaching with a broken foot because he kicked the water cooler. Uh, frustrating times in South Carolina. Missouri's going to get the win there. Shouldn't do that. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. How about this one? <clears throat> Not picking Auburn to beat Ole Miss, but I think Auburn's going to give Ole Miss one hell of a scare. That game is going to be at Auburn. And Auburn this season at home almost beat Georgia 27-20. to They are a much better home team than road team. Ole Miss is, eh. Yeah, they got the win against LSU, but haven't looked all that impressive. Don't be surprised if with like six or seven minutes left in the game, Ole Miss is up three and Auburn's at midfield. I think Auburn's going to scare the hell out of Ole Miss tomorrow. Are you with me on that one? What's the line on that? Uh, Ole Miss by six and a half. Uh, I would disagree with you for one reason. Ole Miss coming off a bye week. If that happens to them, shame on them. I think Florida State's going to blow out Duke tomorrow. Duke is 5-1 and one coming in. Number the 16 team in the country. Florida State's just better at every position. I think that Florida State's going to roll much like they did last week when they beat Syracuse 41-3. to The Seminoles are the real deal. The Seminoles have a great chance to make the college football playoff. Um... I think USC is going to lose for a second straight week. They're playing Utah. <clears throat> Utah still does not have their quarterback, so offensively they're anemic, 322 yards of offense per game. But with that having been said, I don't think USC's defense could stop anybody. Utah plays that very physical style. I think they're going to punch USC in the mouth. I think they'll get a couple of stops on defense. I think Utah is going to go on the road despite being a seven-point underdog. I like Utah to win tomorrow against USC. Well, what's going on with Utah? Is they, they were talking their quarterback would be out okay the first week. We might have him the second week and still out. 
Yeah, he tore his ACL in the bowl, and I guess he's just not healing, right? I, I, I don't know, but you're right. It has taken much longer than what people thought. The Nichols Colonels are going on the road this weekend. They're going to be taking on Texas A&M Commerce. Colonels are going to get a win out in Commerce. They're going to improve to 3-0 in Southland Conference play. I think Nichols is one of the better teams in the league. They've opened up the league so far, getting dominant wins over McNeese and Houston Christian. I think Nichols is going to go on the road and take care of business tomorrow. Uh, let's see, a couple of more, then I will get us out of here. Let's see, in the SEC schedule, Sam Pittman's going to buy himself a little breathing room. I think Arkansas is going to beat Mississippi State tomorrow in a matchup of two teams, neither of whom has won an SEC game. I think Sam Pittman has the hottest seat of anybody in the SEC. We talked about that Wednesday during our mailbag. I think he's going to buy himself a little bit of cushion and get some of those hounds off of him. But with that having been said, if it goes the other way and they lose to Mississippi State, might not even finish the year. Yeah, because I think Arkansas is the better team of the two. You're right. If they drop this one, it's going to be hot, really hot. One more. I think Terrebonne's going to beat East St. John tonight, Bubba. I think it's Terrebonne's time. I think they're going to be big up front. I think they're going to be able to run the ball, keep East St. John's playmakers off the field. I don't think East St. John is as elite as their record shows. They beat a, a pretty poor Hanville team by just a couple of points. I think that Terrebonne is going to make that big step tonight. I really do. I think they're going to go on the road and beat East St. John and give East St. John their first loss. And for Terrebonne, it would be an opportunity to, to get a ton of power points that can maybe solidify their spot in the top 28. Oh, what a statement. That would be a huge win. Would be a big old win for them, no doubt. But you look at some of the common opponents, right? East St. John beats Bourgeois 31-0. Terrebonne beat them 62-13. to uh, East St. John beats Central Lafouche 42-14. 45-14 for Terrebonne. And I know that that's, that's lazy, right? You can't always look at that. But the common opponent margins of victory are about the same. I think Terrebonne is going to be able to go out there and play. The last one that I'll give you... Will, we love you. We're rooting for you. I think Lutcher's going to beat Assumption tonight. I think Lutcher's going to have too much. Their defense is going to get stops. I think that the Bulldogs are going to win that field position battle a little bit. Give me Lutcher to kind of grab control of our local 4A district over Assumption tonight. Give us some uh, MLB. Um, I, those series are starting to tighten up. The the All right. The Rangers are done. The Astros are going to win the next two. Um, the, the Rangers outkick their coverage. They're done. The Diamondbacks are going to win one more. And then I think the Phillies will grab control after that. Uh, I think we're looking at a Phillies-Astros World Series. And um, at that point, I, I don't give a damn either way. <laughs> you hate both of them? I don't, I don't hate either one, right? Um, because your Braves are not in. That's not a way to – it's not the way to be, Casey. I'm rooting against Philly because of that. and Well, I, I can understand that. That's why Saints fans, you root against a lot of teams. Everybody, yeah. Yeah. The, the list of who that has gotten pretty long in recent <laughs> years. Um, who did not? <laughs> um, man, looking at the NFL schedule, I had, those are all my weekend predictions. It, the Saints are not playing, right? Are you you, you still going to sit down and watch the games on Sunday? Uh, depend uh, who's playing on the weather. Also, I may go uh, in the boat Saturday, uh, Sunday. If Josh Allen loses to Belichick, are you going to believe that he's cursed? No. What would have to happen for you to be convinced? Well, 
Probably nothing because I wouldn't. I don't believe in it. Okay. I, I just. All right, fair enough. I want to watch Detroit and Baltimore. That'll be a good one. I want to watch the Chiefs and the Chargers because I do look forward to seeing Taylor Swift on my TV every Sunday. Oh my God! I'm a Swifty man. I can't help it. I, but I'm gonna show you. Uh, my buddy Terry Poser sent me a little joke on that. I'm a, not about to read it on air, but I was about to say what I know of your buddy Terry Posey. I don't know if that's going to be appropriate for the air. Absolutely not. But we look forward to hearing well, that when we wrap be, up. It's not bad, but this <laughs> from Posey, man. It's... Good, good luck to the Tarpons tonight. Good luck to all of our area teams tonight. We hope to see you guys at the stadium. It's been a good week of play-by-play. Uh, Casey just got wrapping up. We want to thank Brian Colley, as always, for his time, too. Go Tarpons. Big one tonight. God bless. Love you guys.